In ancient Greece, five centuries before Christ, there was a long and brutal conflict known as the Peloponnesian War. It was fought between the Athenian Empire and the Peloponnesian League, headed by the city-state of Sparta. The history of the Peloponnesian War comes to us from Thucycides. Although he was himself an Athenian general, he is credited with writing what is considered the first scientific account of history. Rather than writing from a partisan Athenian perspective, as might be expected, he endeavored to provide an even-handed and objective account of the war. In the beginning of the book, Thucycides recounts the debate that took place within the Spartan assembly about whether they should go to war with Athens. Sparta's primary concern was that Athens was becoming too imperial. Athens was dominating its surrounding city-states by requiring crushing tributes and threatening still independent cities such as Sparta and her Peloponnesian allies. During this debate, Athens sent several envoys requesting an opportunity to address the Spartan assembly, hoping to dissuade them from declaring war. In their address, the envoys sought to justify the fact that Athens had created and maintained such a large empire, sometimes by brutal means. Surprisingly, though, they didn't try to invoke some grand moral justification for why Athens should control such a large territory. Rather, they argued that they were forced to because of three things. The first motive of the Athenians in establishing their empire was fear. They were afraid that if they did not subjugate their neighboring city-states and territories, that some other power would, and then this power would turn their neighbors against them. The second motive was honor. Once Athens had established control over these neighboring city-states and territories, it couldn't very well let them go. That would be demeaning. It would make them look foolish to the rest of the Greeks. Their final motive was benefit. Athens grew wealthy from the tributes that they received from these subjugated peoples that they ruled over. They became accustomed to the luxury and couldn't imagine living without it. Hence, the empire had to be maintained. Fear, honor, and benefit. Reflecting upon these three concerns, we should note how easily one could justify doing any evil by invoking them. None of them by themselves have any limiting moral principle. They are the perennial excuses of a sinner. Fear. I'm afraid if I didn't do that, something bad would happen to me. Honor. I had to do that to them because they did this to me first. Benefit. I couldn't live without that, so what choice did I have? These three excuses are one of the reasons why during Lent, the church calls us especially to the disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, as we see in the gospel reading, because they overcome the excuses that fear, honor, and benefit give to our sins. Fasting, first of all, teaches us to cast out fear. As Thomas Hobbes taught, our greatest fear is bodily harm. St. Paul even tells us that it's natural for us to treasure our own bodies. When we operate from fear that some harm will befall us, we are quick to cast off any moral concerns in favor of self-interest. 
But in fasting, we learn in some small way not to panic at the fear of physical distress or privation. We correspondingly learn to recognize our dependence upon God for our ultimate protection. Prayer teaches us humility. Humility is the antidote to honor. An excessive sense of honor or pride makes us inordinately sensitive to how we are perceived by others. When our honor is threatened, we feel justified in breaking the rules and trampling on others in order to maintain our standing in the world. But prayer puts us in a right relation with God, by which we recognize that the only true honor is in being an obedient son or daughter of the Most High God. Prayer also helps us to see and recognize the divine dignity of others. In doing so, we cast off our concern for worldly honors and competitiveness. Finally, almsgiving teaches us detachment from the unnecessary things of the world. When we experience material abundance, as probably most of us do in the United States, luxury becomes our baseline. We become addicted to things, and like any addict, we quickly become willing to compromise our moral principles in order to maintain our lifestyle. Almsgiving calls us to give away our time, talent, and treasure to others so that we recognize that God has called us not to material and sensual satisfaction, but to self-giving and self-sacrifice. By almsgiving, we learn to be less concerned with what we have and more concerned about what we can give to others. The Peloponnesian War ended in a reversal of fortunes. Once powerful Athens was defeated by her rival Sparta, which then began a period of Spartan ascendancy over Greece. Athens lost her empire and was forced to accept rulers imposed by Sparta. This should serve as a warning to all of us when we are tempted to justify our sins by invoking the unholy trinity of fear, honor, and benefits. As we begin this Lenten journey, we must remember that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are not just something that we are called to do in Lent. Rather, they are the tools that are meant to help us overcome our self-absorption, the self-absorption that characterizes the fear, honor, and benefit approach to our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.